Tonsei, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Shakamoda. I'm Jory, coming in from Calgary. I'm really happy to be back here uh, on the podcast. Uh, we took a bit of a hiatus with uh, a bit of a, a busier summer than we were expecting. And then uh, some of us students are just kind of acclimatizing back to our fall schedule. So, you know, personally, I'm really happy to share this episode. Today, we're joined by two special guests from the Métis sports community. Now, again, I'm really happy to share this episode. While every topic we cover is valuable to the Métis story, in my opinion, like food and like music, sports are something important that seems to really unite many Métis. The sense of community and the fun this creates can be seen from the Métis youth competitions all the way up to the NHL and to athletes representing Canada internationally across across many sports. And today we welcome two of those athletes that actually do represent Canada as well as the Métis Nation of Alberta internationally. But with no further ado, let's get going with today's guests. Haven Wong and Ireland Wong are sisters who grew up in Edmonton. The pair are also both teachers in Alberta. But for the purpose of today's interview, we're going to be talking all about their experience as high-level handball players for Team Canada. Here they are. Well, first of all, I just want to thank you both, Haven and Ireland, for being here. Just to start off, can you tell us about your experiences getting into handball you know, what were your journeys up to this point? Um, so I started playing handball. I didn't know what it was when I was younger. I just played like a lot of other sports. So I originally started playing soccer at a competitive level. And then as I got to junior high, I started to play like volleyball, basketball, anything that the school offered. And then Ireland and I both went to Harry Ainley, but I'm three years older. So we were never there at the same time. Um, but they had a handball team there and I didn't know what the sport even was like I've never seen it never heard of it nothing but I was just like looking on the website because we went to really big high school so um I just wanted to see like what other sports I could try and that was one of them and then I played on a basketball team there and there was a couple of the girls on my team that had started to play handball and they started in school and they moved up through like the Alberta team handball program and they were like yeah you should come play like it'll be really fun so I went to tryouts and I like had no idea had never played before but that's the case for a lot of people so even now like um, Ireland and I both coach and like a lot of the kids that come are just multi-sport athletes and they don't know like what they're doing but we just teach them the rules just the same way that we did and from there um, I played for a season in high school and then um, the next year I started with the Alberta program so I started to play on the provincial level and we did a few trips so our group started in Denmark and then we also went to Iceland that year I didn't go to Denmark because I was playing soccer and we had a big competition at that time Um, so my first trip was Iceland but then it just kind of progresses through that program uh, with a bunch of travel because there's not enough handball here in Canada that we can play at a competitive level so we go and travel other places so that we can play against other youth teams and other competitive teams where like in Europe, it's basically like soccer to them, how soccer or hockey is here. Um, everybody plays from like a really young level or young age. Yeah, so we traveled a lot. And then eventually that made me go to the junior national team. 
Um, so I did trips with the junior national team and then eventually just kept playing and worked my way up to the senior national team, which is where I'm at now. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. I think all people who kind of play handball in Alberta or if they live close enough that they end up coming to our province to play, you pretty much go through the same hoops, the same cycle. Um, yeah, she was my coach in high school. So that's kind of how I got introduced to it. Um, coached me for three years there. And then that's where you kind of get recruited for that provincial team. And then from there, you just do those international competitions. There is a few national, like more local uh, other provinces that you'll play against. But uh, for the most part, Alberta, pretty much at a young age, like had a pretty clean sweep over other provinces. But at the adult level, I think it's, it's more competitive throughout the provinces now, which is quite good, especially with Quebec. Um, but yeah, other than that, we just did a lot of international travel and that's how it kind of got me onto the national team was just keeping up with uh, the Team Alberta. Um, and then from there, we just train a lot for, for Team Canada. Now, can you talk about your experiences getting to play together at such a high level? You know, you mentioned um, being a few years apart, so maybe never actually playing on the same team together. What is it like to come together at this level yeah you're right like um when we both we both did all the sports in school like we wanted to play everything that we could but we never overlapped because when I was leaving Ireland was coming into whatever school we were at um so we did both go to Harry Ainley and then after I graduated I came back the next year and started coaching to be, because they needed a coach um and I was in an education program so it just worked out well with what I was doing and then I ended up coaching Ireland um so we kind of recruited some of her friends and stuff out but once we kind of got into the adult level, like past in, in um, Canada, we considered junior U20 for women. So once we kind of got past that level, that's when we started to play on the same teams. Um, and we like, we played a little bit together in like our local league and stuff because it's not as competitive. So there's a big range of ages, like some of the stronger players that are like 16, 17, 18 will join the senior league and play against people that have been playing for decades um so we played a little bit together there but we really started playing competitively together once we were into like our 20s I would say like would you say I is that right yeah I think it was 2018 when we started playing on like the senior provincial team together yeah and then now that's kind of progressed into national team as well so I started with the senior national team in 2018 in January and Ireland was actually on that trip as well um it was like a big trip for tryouts and she was with the junior national team at the time and then now, as of this year, or I guess as of last year, we both um, were continuing to play in the senior program together. You've been able to travel to play the sport quite a bit. You've seen quite a bit of the world. What has been the cultural or just overall impact for yourselves after experiencing all these different places and people? One of the biggest pieces is just being so fortunate to be able to travel to a bunch of different countries. Um, and I think it makes us very appreciative in a way, and you get to experience all these different cultures. And, and it almost kind of opens your eyes to how we live here in Canada and how fortunate we are. You'll play against these different countries where they come from nothing and they literally are pretty much asking for any other um, pieces of help or things we can give them to help them back in their own countries. I know when I was, I think I was 16, 17, we played uh, over in Spain and Italy and we played an African team who were literally using 
materials from different teams that they just like got new stuff and could hand over their old stuff and they were appreciative to get literally anything so I think seeing that has made us feel a little bit more appreciative I guess is the 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 way to go <laughs> with that one yeah I, I agree with everything in Ireland said I feel just very fortunate and lucky that I've been able to go to so many different countries and play handball. Like there's definitely um, like Ireland's been to Asia to play handball in Japan. I haven't gone to Asia yet, um, but I've been able to go to South America um, and just everywhere that you travel, it's different. And handball is not a big thing here, but in other countries, like we've gone to countries that are just like Sweden, Denmark, Norway, the Scandinavian places that are the best countries in the world for those, that sport. Um, and then we've gone to other countries like Brazil, who like they have a lot of poverty and they have a lot of like other problems that they're dealing with in their society, but their team is still just like amazing. And then there's other countries um, similar to us. Like I went to Pan Am Games in 2019, which is the Olympic qualifier. And uh, we're getting ready to go to that again in um, October this year. And there's teams like Peru who volunteered to, to host Pan Am Games. So they get a host spot, but they've never had a team before. So they've kind of just like thrown together what they can. So to see like all of those different um, countries and to see how they live and how they like react to things and just coming together, it's really like, I don't know, maybe this sounds cliche, but like sport really can bring anybody together without a language barrier or anything. Like we all know the rules, we all know how to play. And then you just go and you just speak the same language on the court. Um, so that's really amazing. And just, yeah, I guess seeing other cultures and like how they react to can Canadians in Canada is just like very interesting because obviously we're like, we have a lot of diverse um, ethnicities and things here. And so to see like our team have so many people from different backgrounds and then the other teams maybe not have that or sometimes they do, it's just really unique um, as well. So also for us, like we're part Chinese we're also part European and we're part Métis so for us to kind of like explore different areas that are related to us like I feel like my identity really is Canadian and like I just this is what I know but to go and be able to see those um, other parts of the world was really cool because that's not something that like I never got to experience so now this is a, a bit more of an obscure sport within Canada especially compared to as you mentioned, other places in the world where it's maybe at the level of soccer, which is, you know, very acclaimed, uh, very uh, prestigious there. Are you seeing an evolution or a growth of the sport happening here in Canada, especially with, uh, you know, our greater involvement internationally, whether that's the Pan Am Games and, you know, hopefully the Olympics. Can you talk about the significance of this moment for Canadian handball and handball more generally yeah so I think the biggest thing is it's such a small sport here in Canada and I know from my personal experience a lot of the times growing up you would go through the airport and people would be staring at you this big team coming in and they would be like oh like what are you guys a school like what are you guys and we're like oh we're a handball team and they just give you like a, a funny look because they don't know what it is um so that was my experience a lot growing up but now that I'm a teacher myself in the Edmonton area, um, I'm seeing it being brought into schools more. And I think that's where it's really flourishing. Whereas if you go to other countries like Europe, for example, where it's really big, these kids are already playing handballs when they're five, six, seven years old, where we don't have that in Canada. So I think a big thing is trying to integrate that with younger kids and things like schools like 
like we said before, Haven and I have been coaching. We try and run our own club together. Um, so I think a big part of it is having volunteers that are going to give back in a way and just getting that exposure out there because we all know Canada is a, it's a big hockey country. Everyone pretty much grows up playing hockey from <laughs> when they can walk. So having handball and potentially weaving that in as a new sport that kids can try is is pretty important for its growth. But as Canadian handball athletes, I think a big part also is there's no funding. So a lot of the trips that we do, every piece of handball that we get, we have to pay for it all of our, like all by ourselves. So that's, that's definitely tough. Uh, and I know it affects a lot of people who do want to play because that becomes a barrier, but most people will, it, we figure out a way to do it. We do fundraising and that's what gets us around the world. Yeah. I think I agree with what Ireland said, like in schools it has gotten a lot more popular and there's more schools that are kind of popping up, um, especially at younger levels too. So there's been a high school league for, probably about 15 years, I would say now, and um, smaller towns are starting to have teams and um, junior highs are really seeing an uptake in, in the amount of people that are playing. At the national team level, I would say like, I guess at national team and provincial level, we've kind of had a struggle when it came to COVID because we weren't able to play at that time and being a smaller sport that had an effect on us because some players didn't come back. Um, and it was just kind of hard to get things going again. So when it comes to those programs, I, I definitely think they're kind of falling off a little bit. Um, there's less teams in those programs right now, like when it comes to provincial team, um, even for younger ages. So I'm hoping that in the next couple of years, that kind of picks back up, especially with um, more players playing in high school and playing in junior high. Um, at the national team level, I actually think that although we've struggled in the past, like based on what Ireland said, like about the funding and things like that, um, there's been a lack of organization. And part of that is because it's hard to get players together when you say, oh, you have this amazing opportunity, but you have to pay for everything. So a lot of the time we would meet our teammates at the competition. And that was the first time we've ever met them sometimes meet the coach there. Um, so that obviously wasn't like the best thing for our development, but lately, like my coach, um, her name's Natalie has done a good job making a program. And so that really started in 2018. Like my first um, time with the national team is when she really took over and kind of tried to get younger players involved as well. So it's kind of continued since then. And I just think that like, as much as you can kind of think subjectively, like our results have improved. And um, at the last Pan Am Games, we got seventh. Um, we're hoping to try to medal at this Pan Am Games. Um, you do have to win to get to the Olympics and Brazil is in our region so <laughs> it's going to be pretty difficult for us to get to the olympics because they have won the world championship before but we just finished a month ago at the world championship qualifier in greenland and we actually did really well and beat a lot of the teams that we have never beaten since like 1997 1999 um so that was big for us and we had ended up actually losing the final by two goals which is the closest that we've been to world championships in a really long time so it is a little bit heartbreaking, but it does show that there's um, progress being made when it comes to handball in Canada. I think of the example of Alfonso Davies and, you know, what he's done for soccer in Canada, him being Canadian and uh, Canada, the men's team going and playing in the FIFA World Cup last year. You know, people are talking about soccer again. They're thinking about it a bit more. Obviously, the uh, women's Canadian soccer team, they've had a lot of success and that's a, a conversation that's had as well but when you look at handball how do you see successes or you know just people going out and playing at these higher levels internationally representing Canada 
What do you see that doing for growing the sport? I think there's definitely an appetite for it. Like when the younger players see that we have these opportunities to go and play these competitions and especially I feel like live streaming and stuff has kind of increased since COVID because everything kind of turned virtual. So in a way that's good for us because a lot of the events that we've gone to like Pan Am games last time was not even live streamed and there was no broadcasting. Like you couldn't find it anywhere unless you were in the host country or, or South America where, where it was on TV. So I'm hoping that that, helps as well because being able to see it on tv and like get more exposure for it um will definitely help and for kids to see like that's a possibility for them one day that's definitely a motivating um factor so i think that could help yeah oh and i was gonna say also um sorry ireland just the proximity that we have it's difficult because like ireland said most of the strong players in canada are from alberta and from quebec which you can't just go to Quebec in a day. Like, I mean, you can, if you fly, but um, it's not an easy trip. And so that's kind of where those European nations also have a huge advantage because even if it is a smaller country there, it's quite easy for them to get over to other countries that are stronger in handball to get better competition. Um, whereas for us, like we're looking at hours and hours of flying jet lag, everything, taking time off work, having to pay for everything. So whereas, you know, they're able to kind of just make a weekend trip, go play a few teams, come back. Um, so they have that advantage there. And like for us, we're just like too huge and there's nobody really around us that's super strong. So that doesn't help exactly. But yeah, I was just going to touch on the the live streaming aspect. I think a, a like the perfect example is Haven and I are both teachers and the fact that our last competition, which was the world championships qualifier, and we had the ability to send people at home the link. And I know teachers at my school were showing it to all the students and they just thought it was so amazing. And I was getting videos of them cheering us on. And I think even just non handball players seeing this new sport and seeing people they know playing at this level um, is like a huge impact to how it's going to shape the sport, for example. And I know not just people that we I work with every day or that I, I see teach every day, but even uh, there was more news articles, for example, that were sent out around handball. And, and it's just kind of getting recognized a little bit more, which has definitely been helping. So that's good. Yeah. And for people that don't know what it is, like who doesn't like a fast paced game where there's like each team is scoring like 20 plus goals every game. Like, it's not like you're just watching and like, I do love soccer, but they don't score that often. Right. And people like to see action. So I think people that don't know what it is and they get a taste of it, they're now like, Oh, this is interesting. And like, they might take it up themselves or watch more or whatever. So, yeah. What do you think your successes in handball do for hopeful Métis handball players, Métis athletes in general? Um, I think this is a big one, especially as a teacher and as someone who plays handball and who identifies as Métis. The biggest thing for me is being able to influence these kids who, even at school sports, we we don't have a lot. We don't see a lot of Indigenous kids or Métis kids playing these sports in the first place. So um, I think having that connection with them initially is is definitely helping to be able to grow the sport and to be able to grow the amount of kids we're, we're seeing in this sport tenfold, right? So me, I, I've got quite a few Indigenous kids at the school that I teach at, which is, it's really nice to be able to have a connection with them. And they see you as kind of a role model um, who are playing these big sports or doing these big things. Um, and I think that goes a really long way because it kind of opens their eyes in a in a way to, oh, 
I could do something like that one day where there's another option that somebody could do. So I think that definitely helps, but I'll let Haven add on to that one. Yeah, my experience is a little bit different. Um, I teach in a, a community that there are not a lot of visible minorities in. Um, so one of the things that I try to pride myself in is being a visible minority. So kind of just like shows that I could be a role model for those kids that maybe don't feel like they belong. And I feel like a lot of the time that is Indigenous populations. Um, so that's important to me. Another thing is um, just growing the sport in smaller communities. Like I used to, before I had my contract um, where I teach now, I was subbing in Musquachis and out there, there's not really much of like, there's definitely no handball. Um, and they did a great job. Like they do an awesome job and I know they have hockey and they have volleyball and all these programs, but being able to take something like handball and bring it out to those smaller communities would be a really good way to introduce it to them. And I think that there would be an appetite there for that. Like those kids would like to do that. And I especially think at the junior high level, there's a big competition um, called junior high provincials where any team can just enter. And it's just a huge tournament with tons and tons of teams. And it happens every year at Millennium Place in Short Park. Um, I think it would be really cool if, you know, we could one day take our sport and bring it out to indigenous communities to be able to involve those kids and, and get them, you know, playing something else that they might not have seen before or something that they might not have been exposed to. Um, so yeah, that, that would kind of be like how I would want to incorporate it one day, hopefully. Can you talk a bit about what's coming next or what's coming soon for you two? For me, the next, well, I mean, I guess Ireland and I both have a, a camp in August and that's a national team camp in Quebec, which um, we usually do a few of those per year where we all just get together because most of our teammates live in Quebec and our coach lives in Quebec. As we said, like our last competition was the world championship qualifier. And unfortunately, because we lost by two, we didn't qualify for worlds, which would have been in December. So um, for us, we're still both part of the program and the last tryout for the Pan Am Games team is in August. So the selection basically is, happens over the course of like two years. So we we started last year um, and we have camps and we have competitions that are part of the selection criteria along with all this other stuff. Like we do mental preparation, um, workouts and running, um, all this other stuff that's part of it. But the August camp is the last one and then Pan Am Games happens in October. So if both of us or one of us or whoever was to make it, that would be the next thing. Um, and then, like I said, our goal at that competition is to try to medal, which I think is definitely feasible for us. And then after that, it's kind of up in the air because that's kind of when our cycle ends. So unless we were to qualify for the Olympics, then that's um, Paris 2024. We would continue with that. But um yeah, then we'd be looking at the next four-year cycle. So whatever competitions that entails. But the World Championship qualifiers happen every two years and the Pan Am Games happen every four years. Yeah, since we play on the same team, it, we we do all the same camps and the same training. And then just because Haven has done two Pan Am Games, like, well, this will be her second. Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of seeing what athletes come back and who gets retained through the cycle and joins into the next one. For me, I haven't been to Pan Am Games before. so. If I was to be selected for this one, it would be a pretty amazing experience. But then it just comes down to deciding who wants to go through with the next cycle. Finally, any last points you two want to add? I don't think so. I appreciate the like interview. It's always nice to have some like exposure of our sport and to be able to be a voice in like the Métis community is important. So yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs>
Today's Mitchif word of the day comes from a northern Mitchif word for game or sport. The word is Mitawiwin. You could say, hockey is my favorite Mitawiwin, or Mitawiwin is something that brings us all together. A big thank you to both Haven and Ireland Wong for joining us on today's episode, and thank you for listening to and for supporting Shakabata. Now, since we recorded this interview, the team for the Pan Am Games has been set with Haven making the main roster and Ireland making the alternates list. So on that note, be sure to keep your eyes out for these two at the Pan Am Games coming up right here in the next few days. And who knows, maybe we will be lucky enough to see them at the Olympics next year. Have a great rest of your day, Marcy. Until next time.